So, I was just remembering, I sat there, when I was interviewed for the post of vicar here, um, which is four years ago now, maybe, yeah, yeah, must be, four years ago now, something like that, um, one of the questions was, how, what, how do you have a relationship with God? What's your relationship like? How do you build your relationship with God? Um, which was a really good question. And I found myself saying that the foundation of it is discipline. But that the point of it is a joyful relationship. And you know when you sometimes think, I thought, oh, that's quite a good answer. Um, <laughs> so um, it was a good interview. That's, that's how I ended up being vicar here. Anyway, um, encounter, I also want to talk a bit about discipline today. But, we're, but the focus is getting to the encounter. So what I'd like you to do is to turn to the person near you, next to you, or you can think about it on your own if you prefer. What's something that you've learned to do? What's something that you have put time and effort and energy into and learned to do and become proficient at? No, in any, no, 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 no. anything. It could be, well, hopefully in the next three years, I'm going to learn something about physics or whatever it might be, or somewhere through my PhD, Hannah. Um, but it might be I learned the clarinet. It might be that, I don't know, you can knit. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. What have you learned and become proficient at? Okay, okay, from that amount of talking, and you all look fairly smiley, I'm hoping there's something you have become a pr- proficient at. I use the word proficient just because it means you can do it. If I said that you were excellent at, you'd all be far too humble and go, no, no, I can't do anything. Um, but why, why do we build disciplines? Why do we learn things? Because we want to get somewhere. Because we want something and we're working towards it. When I was 11, I started playing the clarinet. I wanted to play the saxophone like I'd seen someone play the saxophone and I wanted to be able to do that. Turned out it was really hard, it took far too much effort and I couldn't be bothered. And during that time, my teacher... um, I remember him saying to me, he told me that he did 50 press-ups a day. And he was telling me this, and he said, but it took me so much effort to do this. You know, I had to build that up over time. And I was 11. And I went, and? I don't really care. Um, it It didn't have any impact on me at all. But it did stick in my mind. One of the things through being at that school was that I was forced (laughs) to do a lot of sport. And so by the time I was 16, in my kind of being 15 and 16, I did a lot of cross country. I made the foolish mistake at the school cross country race of coming 14th. And the teachers then went, you can do this. You're now going to join the cross country team and you're going to join that for your sporting stuff. So I got pulled out of some of the other stuff and I had to run three times a week. Three times a week, I was running five or six miles. 
didn't really enjoy it until I got to the point, I was running with all the kids who were really good. Uh, it was in North Yorkshire, so it's like up and down and up and down, uh, running through the snow, running through the rain, none of this like, oh, it's a bit wet outside, we'll stay in and have, you know. Um, but I got to this point, and I was on holiday, and I wanted to go on a run. I knew I could run six miles, and it wouldn't really hurt, and I'd really enjoy it, and it made me feel amazing. So when, years and years later, Caroline and I, three kids, we said to each other, when all three of them sleep through the night, we will get fit. So we kind of had this incentive and disincentive to get the kids to sleep. Um, But we got to that point, and we went, right, let's do couch to 5K. Let's get the running app, let's start at the basic level. Me being me, I was like, oh, I'll start on week four, because I'm amazing. Uh, and then went back to week one. Um, so, but 18 months after half, no, 18 months, two years, something like that, after starting Couch to 5K, we were on the starting line of the Robin Hood half marathon, which we completed together. Now, I don't think I'd have got there if I hadn't had the experience, the encounter with running, that I knew I loved it way back. I wouldn't have got there that fast. And another thing that's kind of, just to use the fitness thing a bit more, going back to my clarinet teacher, Mr. Purcell, and his 50 press-ups a day, about two years ago, two and a half years ago, if you'd have said to me, David, you know, you're a mid-30s man, you should be able to do 10 press-ups, shouldn't you? Most guys should be able to do 10 press-ups. If you'd said, can you do that, I would have slightly panicked. I mean, I should be able to, I hope. I've got no confidence that I can. Caroline and I then went on our sabbatical, and again we said, right, let's take on another fitness thing, and we did this ridiculous load of exercise to get strong. Um, And before I knew it, kind of day by day doing this stuff, I could do 30 press-ups and just was really confident. At the start of this year, saying to God, look, this has dropped off a bit, all this fitness stuff. I'm really short on time. Can you show me how to exercise? I've started doing a thing where every morning, before I have a shower, in the bathroom, I just do some press-ups. And I said, I'll do 50, but I'll do them in a number of sets, like not all at once. But by now, I am super confident right now I could do 40 right now without any worry. I've only got 20 minutes. Um, it's just, no, I'm not doing that front church. It's weird. Um, but the, again, the experience of having put myself through something, the experience, the encounter with it earlier of being forced to do stuff as a kid means that I had confidence in my body. I knew there was a joy in it. So sometimes, I think all Christians know, we're supposed to build the disciplines of reading our Bible and praying and spending time with God. Like, is anyone surprised by that fact? Does anyone find it super easy all the time? So it's all about encounter and relationship, actually, that stuff. So if you... We had the thing back here, it's going through and being with Jesus. So I've been a Christian since I was 16. 
I became uh, a vicar when I was uh, 24, so, you know, quite young. And my experience of my kind of mid-twenties was going from a, a relationship that was about doing things with and for God, that kind of encounter with God. I'd had little bits, but I hadn't had anything really. And through my kind of mid and late 20s, I became what I'd call a conference junkie. I went to any conference or any place where there was an experience of the Holy Spirit. I went to have an encounter with God. I hung out with very weird people. I hung out with the charismatic crazies because I was like, I want an experience of who God is. And time and again, once I kind of, you know, my faith when I was 16 was a very cerebral mental thing. It was here. But going through that journey in my 20s of going, actually, I want to experience God. One of the most profound experiences of my life was being prayed for, falling over, and I did not get up for two hours. I lay on the floor for two hours. I could have chosen to get up at any point in those two hours. And some of it was, a, you know, nothing was going on. But God was doing something and working inside me. Now, some people are worried about emotions. Should we be driven by emotions? Here's my view on emotions. Emotions are like toddlers in a car. It's very dangerous to let them drive. (laughs) It's also dangerous, almost as dangerous, to ignore them. Any parent will tell you, if you ignore a toddler for like three minutes, everything happens. Don't ignore them, but don't let them drive. Our emotions are a great way of connecting with God. This picture we have here, one of the things that happened to me as I went to these places and experienced God was that I was given this picture in my mind. And I was going through some difficult times. I was trying to overcome some habitual sins in my life. And and I had this picture, and I was in the throne room with God. And I couldn't quite see God at the front. There was like a big throne. There was a guy. I could just about see knees, um, you know, like legs. But I wasn't aware. It was just bright light. And I was in the back corner of the throne room. It was a black and white checkered floor. It was amazing. It was beautiful. And I was in the back corner with my back to the throne, in the corner, kind of feeling like, I don't belong here. I'm in the throne room. I know I get to be there. I theologically know that I've come through and I'm in the presence, but I'm kind of hiding at the back because he's God and I'm me and I'm just going to hide back here. And as I reflected on that, I kind of thought, well, I know theologically, I've done five years of theology, probably know that's not the right place to be. And in my heart, I know that's not the right place to be. And I kept having this picture, it would just come back to me again and again and again when I gave God time and when I was in church or when I was at a conference or wherever it might be. And eventually I was like, God wants me near him. He invites me near him. And over a period of time, I move every time, I see the picture and go, I've come a bit closer. And God had shown me where I was. The final point, though, wasn't to be stood close to him. The final point was to be sat on his knee. 
I get to sit on the knee of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's true encounter. And the day I had that experience was the day that I was like, I now want to pray. I now want to read my Bible. I want this presence because that's where I'm invited. I've got a perfect parent who says, come and sit on my knee. And I thought that was the end. Like six months beyond that, I saw this picture again and I was like, well, this is weird. I think I've done this. And I found out that behind the throne room, behind the throne, at at the end of the throne room, there was a door. And God invited me to open the door. And I opened the door and I was in like the most amazing, massive garden that would just seem to stretch on forever. And God's like, now you know me like this. Now you get to explore all of this. This is just the doorway. We now get to go and explore the kingdom together. It's not just drawing houses. It's exploring life in its fullness together. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. John's gospel, he says, my sheep know my voice. If you have said yes to being his sheep, his follower, you know his voice. If you want, you can have an Old Testament relationship with God. Moses went to the tent of meeting and everyone else stood at their tents and went, he's great, I'm going to stay here. Or you can say, I am one of his sheep. That's quite humble. (laughs) But I know his voice. I get to encounter him. You know, I got to the point with exercise where... I, one of my high points of my day is, is exercising. I get a buzz off it. But what if prayer, what if the time you give God wasn't like a discipline, but was like the high point of your day? I get to, that bit of my diary I've put in, I get to hang out with God. I get to sit on the knee of the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He's a good parent. What if we go for that? And how do we get there? And what we're going to do now is, like, I sometimes think when we come to church, are we ready to let our emotions go? Are we ready to encounter? Are we ready to kind of, you know, are we here just to hear a good talk and sing some songs and then go? Or are we going, I want to encounter God? Now, you might say, I'd rather encounter God in a group of 10 or 12 people or in three or four people. Or in 300, I don't know, 2,000 at a conference. But whatever it might be, we need to explore encounter. We need to open ourselves up emotionally to engage with God. If you don't have that encounter to then build into your everyday life, you're kind of chasing something that you haven't seen or known and experienced. So all I'm going to do this morning is, is to say to you, stand up. Let's invite Holy Spirit to come and see what happens. And, like, there's nothing... Is anyone here going to laugh at somebody else for experiencing God? Like, it's not going to (laughs) happen. None of us are going to look down on each other because we experience God or if we do anything weird. Like, when we were going to conferences, you can't be weirder than some of the conferences I've been at. I challenge you. And I've done some weird stuff too. 
speaking in tongues sounds weird. Rolled, I've shaken, I've had God like move my body in ways that I, I didn't expect. I've fallen over. It's all good. We experience who God is, and out of that, that comes into our everyday life. So just be comfortable. Holy Spirit, we invite you to encounter us. Thank you that you've opened the way, Jesus, to have encounter. Would you speak to us? Would you help us to see things in our minds? Would you help us to, to feel and know that you're here? Lord, all of our senses, we open them and we offer them to you. And Lord, we will persevere. We've got a few minutes now, God, but we're going to be a people who persevere to encounter you. We will look for opportunities to encounter you and be transformed. You want to agree with that prayer, then just say amen, loudly or quietly or however you want, and say, yeah, God, I want that. Holy Spirit, would you come right now?